0: Well, you've heard the Christmas story from the word of God. You've sung the Christmas story from familiar carols. It's pretty clear what God has done. God has entered into our midst. God promised to send a Savior, a Messiah from the nation Israel for all other nations. We've heard what God has done. So the question that remains is, what's in it for us? What's in it for you? today you've heard what God has done but what do you get out of it this is the question in all of our minds all of the time right for those of you who do sales training right this is what you train your people on right you want to show them what's in it for them and the moment you find out what's in it for them you stay right on that point because everybody has a desire for something they desire what's in it for them well what's in it for us Today, the good news is that there's something in it for us that's actually desired by all of us. You've probably said at some point in your life, all I want is a little peace and quiet. All I want is a little peace and quiet. And for those of you with young children, you probably find yourself saying this quite frequently. Mine are perfectly behaved, so I never have to worry about that. But whenever I say all I want is peace and quiet, that's usually a symbol that means this. Take the children in the other room and close the door. Remove the noise. Remove the distraction. Because we can have peace and quiet when there's the absence of noise. What makes the perfect chili? The absence of beans. What is required for brownies to be considered amazing? The absence of nuts. What makes the Super Bowl watchable? The absence of the Packers. Can I get an amen? You see, in all of those things, in all of those things, it's the absence that's bringing what we want. And so often in life, we believe that it's the absence of something that's going to bring us the peace and the quiet. But actually, God did not promise the absence of anything. God actually promised the exact opposite. Not the absence of trouble and hardship, but God promised the presence of his God. It actually started in the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, we have the creation story where it tells us that God created humanity and says, it's all good. But moments after that, days after that, whenever after that, we see that humanity takes things into their own hands. And after humanity takes things into their own hands, they, they disobey God. And then God basically says to them, now, now you've broken my ways. And in Genesis 3, he kind of summarizes by saying, I'm going to put enmity I'm going to put hostility between you and myself. So from the beginning of time, there's been hostility between humanity and God. But immediately after saying, I'm going to put hostility between the next generation and myself, he says the following, I'm going to send someone, and I'm just kind of illustrating here, I'm going to send someone, and he's going to bruise the serpent. He doesn't say, I'm going to remove the problem. He says what? Someone's going to come and attack the serpent. From the very beginning, it has not been the absence of trouble, but it's been the promise of a Messiah, the promise of a presence. In the prophets that we read from in Isaiah and Micah this morning, it was not the promise that God was going to come and remove the evil Roman emperor. No, the promise was, I'm going to send a Messiah who will conquer on my behalf. And then in Micah chapter 5, the promise is what? From Bethlehem, this small town, is going to come one who's going to be their peace. In Micah 5 verse 5, the the verse simply says, he will be their peace. Not the absence will bring peace, but the presence of the Messiah will bring peace. Peace. We cannot have peace through the absence of trial and hardship. We can only have peace through the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Well, what is this peace that God is promising? This peace goes again back to Genesis chapter 1. The Jews referred to this peace as shalom the perfect setting where everything was operating in a healthy way. So in in Hebrew and Jew, you often hear the term shalom. That's the greeting they use, simply meaning peace be upon you. May all be well with you. This shalom of God is where everything is working the way it's supposed to, where there is love and kindness extended to one another. This shalom begins in our hearts and this is the complexity and the mystery of christianity is that god has promised the shalom for everlasting but we know the shalom is just starting to break in it's not here in fullness and each of us knows this from our experience you know this by simply turning on the news this morning we know that shalom has not yet arrived well then it would be legitimate to ask the question Was Christmas a failure? If Jesus promised peace, and when he came to bring peace, and it's clear we don't have peace, did God fail in his mission? Absolutely not, because Jesus himself recognized that the peace he brings is not the absence of hardship and persecution, but it is well-being. It is good standing in our own soul, in our own hearts. That's why Jesus says to his followers right before he's about to die, he says, the peace I give you is not the same peace that the world gives. Be prepared, you're about to face tribulation. Yet Jesus still had made known to them that peace is available. You see, this peace that Jesus promises is an inner well-being where anxieties are gone. And there's a soul and a mind and a spirit that can say, it is well. And this inner peace then is meant to work itself out into external peace. That's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the peacemakers. And that's why Jesus says in John chapter 17, when he comes back after the resurrection and says, Peace be with you. It's because Jesus is expecting the people that he's given peace to to go out and be peaceable. So the peace within us is supposed to be a wellspring that leads to peace among us. And that's at work today, all around the world, where Christians extend forgiveness and kindness. But the eternal peace that will come will come when Jesus returns for a second time to establish his kingdom forever. But today, between now and then, we can have shalom in our hearts which can be exhibited in our relationship with others. Jesus came to bring peace. Jesus simply is God with us. And where God is present, there is peace. Today, I have two questions for you, two questions for us to reflect upon as we celebrate Christmas. The very first question is this Am I at peace? with God? Am I at peace with God? Too often we've asked the wrong question when we talk to people about God. The question is not, have you been naughty or nice this last year? The question is not, am I good enough? The question is, am I at peace with God? You see, the issue of our wrongdoing, what the Bible calls sin, the reason that sin is a problem is not because God's like, well, I've got a list, what you did is not on my list, so I'm keeping books here and the books don't seem to be matching. That's not the issue. The, the problem with our sin is that our sin breaks our fellowship with God. So in 1 John chapter 1, when it says to us, if we say we're not sinners, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And the problem for our sin in 1 John 1 is this, it says we break fellowship with God because God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. So when we sin, we break fellowship with God. The reason that God sent his son Jesus was not to take the penalty for your sin, to balance the books. There's no magic accountant up in heaven like, okay, the books are now balanced, so so so-and-so is good to go. Jesus came to take the punishment for your sin so a relationship could be restored. The problem with sin is that it breaks our fellowship with God. And when Jesus comes to be the prince of peace, he's coming to bring peace between you and your creator. Are you at peace with God? We cannot have peace in our internal being. We cannot exhibit peace to those around us until we are at peace with our creator. And so today, are you at peace with God? Let me me ask it this way. Are you able to to say anything and everything to God? Are you able to speak to God freely? You might be like, well, that's kind of odd, speak to God freely. No, that's exactly what God wants. And that's just a way maybe to gauge if you're at peace with God. Because think of it in human terms. When you're not at peace with someone, what happens? There's usually awkwardness, right? So if there's a co-worker that you're not at peace with, what do you do? Park somewhere else in the lot. Avoid their office. Why? Because you don't want to interact with them. And so to gauge your peace with God, I just ask, Are you interacting with God? Are you making your requests, your praises, and your thanks known to God? That's going to be a fruit of being at peace with God. Am I at peace with God? The good news today is that creation has been hostile towards God, but God has taken the first step, as it says in Romans chapter 5, for while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God did not wait for us to make the first move. God made the first move. He gave his son, Jesus Christ, in the manger before he asks you to make a move. And so today, will you receive the gift that God has given, the gift of being restored to a relationship with God? Am I at peace with God? Second question. Am I delivering peace to those around me? Am I delivering peace to those around me? If you bear the name of Jesus Christ this morning, your responsibility, my responsibility, your opportunity, my opportunity is to deliver the peace that God has delivered to me. What's God's plan for bringing peace to the world? You. You're God's plan. There's no plan B. There's no backup option available. God's plan to bring peace to the world is you, his church. That's why when we're saved, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, God doesn't just come and whip us up like the Jetsons into heaven. He's leaving us here because what? His plan is to work through us. Were his instruments of peace. In John, that I referred to earlier, when Jesus returns after the resurrection, and he says to his disciples, peace be with you. He, he doesn't say to his disciples, well, you're good to go. You can kind of sit around until I come back. He says, no, no, as the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. You and I are to be instruments of peace. People who have experienced peace are peaceable in relationships. You've probably heard the phrase, it's overused, but the reason it's overused is it's true. Hurt people hurt people. God's banking on the fact that peaceable, peaceful people will be peaceable. That you, after you have received peace from God through Jesus Christ, would then extend peace to one another. So, who do you need to extend peace to today? It's not about sitting on the opposite end of the table of Uncle Frank, but maybe today you could actually go sit next to Uncle Frank and just say, Frank, how's your year been? I hope you're doing well. Extending peace is not refraining from evil, extending peace is extending kindness. Love, patience, it's not about the absence, but it's about being present. And so today, if you call upon the name of Jesus Christ, are you delivering peace? Here's the way I phrase it. Whenever hiring people, this is my number one requirement. Are you drama free? Are you drama free? I think you all know what I'm talking about. We know what it's like to be in the midst of drama and those who create drama. We're good at this, right? A little drama gets created in our hearts, hearts, so what do we do? It spills over. Drama has an automatic overflow effect, right? Have you ever experienced someone who's got drama going on in their inside life and it doesn't affect anyone else? Drama is always overflowing. How about the peace? That we've received from God. Is it overflowing? Is it overwhelming the drama? Would your co-workers say. That you're an instrument of drama. Or would your co-workers say. You're an instrument of peace. Am I at peace with God? Am I delivering peace. To those around me. Today's a great day. Tomorrow is going to be a great day, right? We don't have to work. I mean, some have to work. We should be thankful for those police officers and those who are working, right? But we don't have to work. This is great. And most of us have what? We've pushed our troubles and our stresses to the back for the next 48 hours because we want to at least have a moment where we can enjoy and celebrate. But don't let this be just a moment of bliss, but rather let this be a moment as a reminder that we have peace ongoing. It can move from a moment of bliss to eternal peace by coming to relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I'm going to blow this candle out because I know all of you are watching it. And so today, is it going to be a moment of bliss or is today going to simply be a stop in the journey where you're reminded of the peace that you've been given by God and you reflect and remind your heart to be a peacemaker. Christianity was exploding in right after Jesus ascended to heaven. And it was crazy because Christianity was exploding as persecution was exploding. The first original 12 apostles were under great pressure Original Christians were under great pressure. Some were being beheaded. Some were being put back on a cross, just like Jesus was. Persecution was exploding. The Roman emperor was nervous. The Roman emperor was trying to do anything he could to what? Squelch the movement of Christianity. And so it's recorded that the Roman emperor calls in and, and says to his main leaders, Hey, what are we doing? <laughs> you, you got to get this apostle Paul. We, we gotta we gotta stop Apostle Paul. He was he was with us a couple of years ago. What happened? And, and here's what's recorded of an atheist saying to the Roman Emperor as Christianity explodes, an atheist says, The emperor may give peace from war on land and sea. He is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns for more than for outward peace. Pretty wise counsel. Basically telling the Roman emperor, you can do everything you want, but guess what? Christianity is going to continue to explode. Why? Not because it brings the absence of evil, but because it brings the presence of peace through our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. And so today, don't look to the Roman Emperor, but rather look to the only one who can give you peace from passion, envy, greed, and bitterness. His name is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Let us pray. Everlasting Father, We come before you this morning as your children, thankful that you've restored us to your family. God, thank you that you have renewed a relationship with us. God, we ask now this morning that as we examine our hearts, that you would convict us, that you would break us, that you'd move us to a place of peace with you. So God, we ask for your forgiveness this morning. We ask for your continued hand of mercy, that you'd restore us to relationship with you. Gracious God, we also come before you this morning asking now boldly. We ask with confidence, God, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that that same spirit, God, would infiltrate our hearts today at our homes, tomorrow in our homes, and the next day in our workplaces. God, make us instruments of peace. Empower us to be your presence here in our families and here in our community. So, God, we give all of the glory to you. Praise be to your name that you have given us peace. And we thank you for this everlasting peace. In Jesus' name, amen.